Welcome to the Launchpad Jamf Admin Podcast hosted by Rocketman, where we keep you on the cutting edge of what's happening in the world of Apple and Jamf administration. Starting with the Launchpad Times, we bring your Apple and Jamf news down to earth and then go into a keynote where we take a deep dive into a relevant topic. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Christopher Shasi, and I'm going to bring you through an MDM migration workflow that we set up for migrating from one MDM server over to Jamf Pro, specifically for Mac computers. Uh, today, we're going to cover the challenges of MDM migrations, the confusion that this creates for the users, and then a workflow that we've created that addresses all of this. So first off, how did MDM migrations used to work before we had all these challenges? Um, dare I say that it was easy back in the day. Um, so it used to be that step one, we would just deploy the Jamf quick add package through the previous MDM that would install the Jamf agent on the computer. And then we would send a command through Jamf to remove the previous MDM profile and then install the Jamf MDM profile. And then in typical Apple fashion, there was no step three. But those days are now over unless all your computers are on Sierra or below, which hopefully they're not. So what are the challenges that we have today with some of the changes that Apple's made in automating this process? Well, first of all, we can only install one MDM profile at a time. There are also non-removable MDM profiles that cannot be removed by either a bash script or the user. Um, on top of this, when we do remove that profile, all the configuration profiles are removed along with the MDM profile. Um, once we do get it migrated over, those file vault recovery keys break. Um, so we need to reissue those. And then since High Sierra, Apple, uh, Apple introduced user approved MDM profiles which require user interaction. And then since Big Sur, they took away the ability to programmatically install MDM profiles altogether. And then along with all of this, the web enrollment process since iSierra has gotten a lot more complicated when enrolling in Jamf Pro. So let's look at each of these individually. Uh, first of all, the MDM profile must be user approved. So even if we just install it programmatically with High Sierra through Catalina, um, the user needs to go into the system profiles or system preferences profile pane in order to approve that MDM profile. And until that time, they have limited functionality. Um, and then since Big Sur, like I said, they took away the ability to install it programmatically altogether. Only one MDM profile can be installed at a time. This actually creates a big issue when we're trying to do these migrations, because oftentimes the user will go through the process of installing the profile, and then they'll get this error profile installation failed. You are already enrolled in an MDM server. It's actually kind of confusing for the user to remove that MDM profile via the GUI. They need to find the actual MDM profile. And if you have a big list of configuration profiles, that's going to be hard to do. Um, also, if the previous profile is in DP, DEP, it can't be removed for the user. Which brings me to my next point, those non-removable MDM profiles can't be removed by a user, can't be removed by any bash commands or any other type of commands. It can only be removed via the previous MDM. Now let's say 
that the previous MDM is no longer active or not able to communicate with the device. What do we need to do then? Well, the user needs to boot into the recovery mode, remove SIP, which is a couple terminal commands, boot back into the boot disk, um, remove the MDM profile, and then we need to boot back into recovery mode, enable SIP, because that is an important uh, security feature, and then boot back into the boot disk. So not a process we want to go through. And along with this, once that MDM profile is removed, especially this is a big problem of removing it programmatically, because there's often a gap between removing the old one and installing the new one, which will install the new configuration profiles. Um, all those profiles are going to be removed, which means the user might be disconnected from Wi-Fi, important configurations may be removed, applications may not be able to run, and then the user will get all these pop-ups for system extensions and PPPC profiles, which can be really weird for the user. And this is going to make them probably call the help desk and say, hey, I don't know what's happening, but someone seems like they're trying to hack into my computer because all this stuff is popping up out of nowhere. On top of all of this, there's also the difficulties of web enrollment since 10.13.4. Um, so at that point, we went from enrolling through a quick add package, which was pretty simple to for a user who was just running a package, to now installing a CA certificate and an MDM profile, which was a little more confusing because it was two different steps. Also, in uh, since Big Sur, once you download that profile and launch it, which happens automatically in Safari, the user needs to manually open up system preferences and navigate to the profiles pane. These might sound like small things, but as I've gone through a lot of these different migrations and implementations, users, it doesn't matter what you give them for instructions, users are just confused about this process. Um, also, in order to enroll into Jamf Pro, you need to be an admin on your computer. So if the user's standard, well, now you either need to give the user a backdoor admin password, or you need to do it for the user. So I want to show you what all of this looks like when we put it together from a user perspective. So you might have a, a list of instructions for the user to go through. First of all, you tell them to navigate to your instance name, .jamfcloud.com forward slash enroll in order to enroll. This is where we encounter the first problem. You need to put HTTPS at the beginning of that URL or it's not gonna work. So then they go ahead and they put HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash in front of that URL. And now they get to this login page. Now, if you don't have LDAP or an IDP set up, the user's gonna be confused at how to log in here. So a lot of times IT admins will just give them enroll, enroll as a, as a username and password, which isn't super secure. But then they get to this screen that says assigned user, where again, the user's a little bit confused at what to do. So they just go ahead and click enroll. Now they get to the first step where they download the CA certificate. So they go ahead, download it, click allow. And then they get this little pop-up. Um, and once they click on it, it just goes away. It doesn't actually launch system preferences. So now they have to launch system preferences, go to the profiles area, and then click install. And now they need to do the same thing for the MDM profile. And I see people 
confused by this step over and over again, especially because once they get to this step, we've got this little wheel that turns around, which makes it seem like something's installing. But actually what it's doing is it's waiting for the user to go back, open up system preferences, go to the profiles area, and then go and install that profile. So finally, they learn that they need to do that. However, in this process, if the old MDM profile is in place, they just this, this command that says profile installation has failed. In this particular example, this is a non-removable profile. So if they call the help desk, the help desk just says, has to say, hey, yeah, we need to renew that on our end. We're going to escalate this to someone who can remove that MDM profile. So at this point, the user goes back to work, starts doing the important work that they always do every day, and they're waiting for that MDM profile to be removed. Now, at this moment, um, they might start to see some pop-ups as that MDM profile is removed. The VPN server starts disconnecting and reconnecting. They get a weird pop-up for McAfee system extensions and content filter. They get notifications from Nomad. They're a little confused what's happening. Also, their internet's getting disconnected because uh, their VPN's having to refresh, and they're not able to watch these amazing videos that are very important for their work. So now they call the help desk and they wonder what's happening and they let them know, hey, you're good to enroll now. So go back to that URL, go through the same process you went through before and install these profiles. So I'm sure a lot of you are looking at this and saying, well, there's you know 20 different ways you could do this to make it easier. Um, and there definitely is. If the, if the devices are in DEP in the new server, you could have them run the profiles renew-type enrollment in order to go through the DEP process. Um, you could also have them, you know, you could give them an enrollment invitation so they don't have to log in. Uh, you can also have them log in with their identity provider. Um, but all these things, you know, if they're on an earlier version too, they don't have all these complications like on... Uh, High Sierra and Mojave and Catalina. However, this brings up another point where we're working with a bunch of different scenarios with a bunch of different workflows. So it's hard to even give the users correct instructions on how to do this because you almost need to give them 10 sets of instructions depending on how their computers are set up. Um, oftentimes too, if we're migrating from one MDM to another, there's a really good reason why we're migrating. And usually it's because things are a mess. So we have Macs that are in DEP, some that aren't. We have some Macs that have non-removable MDM profiles, some that don't. Um, we have some that don't have any MDM profile in the old MDM, but they're still enrolled in the old MDM. They just never had that MDM profile. Um, some also aren't active in the old MDM. So they might have been enrolled and have the MDM profile, but we can't even communicate them for, for one reason or another. Um, and then there's even some computers that never got enrolled in the old MDM at all at any point. So they're just not enrolled in anything. And then we have, you know, people that are in uh, operating systems since that last four years and haven't upgraded since then. So we're getting a bunch of different stuff from that angle. So, there is, you know, so for someone who's gone through these types of migrations, a lot of times there is a lot to take into account. 
as we're going through this and trying to do this all manually without having a workflow in the back end can be very cumbersome. So let's talk a little bit about the migration that we put together and how it works. So first of all, what are we doing in the back end? Well, on the original MDM server, let's say we're using something like Workspace ONE, we're gonna deploy that Jamf quick add package through the old MDM. Uh, we can also do that through a script as well, if for some reason they don't have a distribution point set up. Then we're going to deploy the necessary PPPC profiles that we need in order for Jamf to use this migration workflow, workflow through the old MDM. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff we can do if we get access to the user's desktop documents and downloads folder. And then also giving us access to typical um, Apple script type stuff so we can interact with those windows in cool ways. Uh, we're then going to deploy depth notify and any necessary assets. We can actually do that through Jamf or the old MDM, uh, whichever we choose. And then lastly, we're going to run this migration script through Jamf that we're going to show you. So I have put together a flowchart that I thought would simplify what this process looks like in the back end. And then after I put it together, I thought, this looks nothing like simple. But um, I think it I helps. Thought, Chris, I thought this was your second joke of the keynote. I'm like, we don't usually get two crisp jokes. So I'm glad that this is just a realization of, wow, this is not simple. I tried to make it as simple as possible. Um, and then I realized it wasn't. And by the time I made it, since I put it together in Illustrator, it wasn't something that was easily like moved around. But honestly, I don't think I could have made it any simpler. It still might be helpful, though. So if you want to take a screenshot of this, I'd invite everybody to do that. I don't know if you think that's a good idea, Chris. Sure. Uh, can all of you see my cursor right now? Yep. Perfect. So I'm going to walk you through this, and hopefully this will start to make a little bit of sense. Um, so back end, we're installing all those things that I said, and then we're deploying this script, which has a lot of if statements to go through different scenarios that we're going to encounter. So the first scenario we need to, the first question we need to ask is, is this in Mac, is this Mac enrolled in Jamf? And by that, I mean, does it have the Jamf MDM profile? If it does, we're going to skip this whole migration workflow. The reason this might happen is someone, while we're doing this migration workflow, might enroll the computer manually because they're not part of any MDM, so we can't deploy that quick add package. So in that case, we're just going to skip this entire workflow down here and just go straight to the steps we're doing after we're migrated. Um, then the next thing we're going to ask is, is this assigned to a Jam pre-stage? If it is, we can go through the the slick DEP workflow that also makes the device supervised. If it's on a Jamf pre-stage, then we're gonna have to go through the non-DEP workflow. Let's talk about what that looks like. So first off, we're gonna deploy user instructions through depth notify. Um, if necessary, if the user is a standard user, we're gonna promote them to admin. We're then gonna directly open the enrollment page through Safari. And this is a page where they don't have to log in. It'll just open directly 
to the download link for the MDM profile. Then we need to ask another question in the script. Is the old MDM profile present? So this is something we encounter sometimes where it's enrolled in Workspace ONE, but it never actually got the MDM profile for some reason. So we're able to deploy the quick add package, but once we get to this step, we need to do a different workflow. Because we weren't able to deploy the slick PPBC profiles that allows us to do a lot of cool stuff that I'll show you in a second. So instead, we're gonna, through depth notify, display some manual enrollment instructions to aid them through that process of going back and forward a bunch of times. And then we wait for the user to install the MDM profile before moving on to the next steps. However, if that old MDM profile is present, then we're gonna wait for the user to download the MDM profile from the page where they click download. We're then going to launch that MDM profile, remove at this point the old MDM profile through a command. We can either do this through a profiles command or we can do an API call through the old MDM if it's a non-removable profile. Then we're gonna launch system preferences and wait for the user to install the MDM profile. Once they have installed, we move on to the next step. Let's say it's in DEP. What are we gonna do at this point? We're going to deploy different user instructions for DEP. We're removing the old MDM profile. We're again promoting the user to admin if necessary. And then we're running the command profiles remove renew dash type enrollment. And then we wait for the user to install that profile. And then we demote them back to admin if they were someone that was standard to begin with. So we basically kind of set a key during this script saying, hey, we need to demote them back to standard, which I also forgot to mention here. This also will demote them back to standard. Once that's done, all three of these workflows are going to do the same thing where they're gonna wait for a package receipt to install. Why are we doing that? Well, it's because if something's enrolled in Jamf already through like a quick add package, and then we'd install the MDM profile, Jamf treats that as if it has to re-enroll the device again. So it goes back through those enrollment steps. There's a period of time that if we try to run other policies after that, they're going to fail because it's not going to have like the correct grouping and stuff like that inside of Jamf. So instead what we do is we have a while loop that continually tries to run this package receipt. And it's till that file is in place, it's not gonna move on to the rest of the process. What do we do next? Well, now we go through whatever post steps we wanna do. In this example, we're going to reissue the file vault recovery key, but only if it's broken. If it's not broken, we're just gonna go straight to the next step. If it is broken, we'll go through the script to reissue the file vault recovery key. And then we're gonna ask, is Jamf Connect installed? If it is, then we're done with the workflow. But if it's not, we're going to install Jamf Connect, launch Jamf Connect, and then wait for the user to log in before we tell them it's complete because we want the user to log in that first time. At that point, the migration workflow is complete. So let's move on to look at what this workflow workflow looks like in practice. So I'm gonna show you three different scenarios, the non-DEP workflow, the DEP workflow, and then the workflow for if the computer is already enrolled in Jamf, so it doesn't have to actually do any MDM migration. 
So for this on VEP workflow, we're going to start off with a window that pops up, depth notify window, that asks the user to continue. Whenever they're ready, they click continue. And then it's going to launch some user instructions, which tells them what they need to do. So step one, download the profile. Step two, install the profile. It's the only two things they need to do because we're going to be doing everything else in between. Once this video has had a chance to run, it launches the web browser for them that goes straight to this MDM profile. They don't even need to log in. Once it downloads it, it's going to search the home folder for the file, launch that file, and then launch system preferences. So all they need to do is click install. They didn't need to go through that process of opening system preferences to the profiles area. Now it's waiting for them to actually install that profile. So the script's not moving forward yet. And then once it sees that it's installed it, it now closes that profiles window. So now that's not distracting them throughout the rest of this process. Then it's going to run the reissue file vault recovery key workflow. Once it's done with that workflow, then it's going to move on to the next step. So it then checks to see if it's in, if Jamf Connect is installed. And then if it's not, it's going to install Jamf Connect and launch the application. And then they're going to log, log in with their identity provider credentials. And once they've logged in, then it will move on to the next step. So again, it's waiting for the user to do this process. And then Jamf Connect will prompt them to sync their passwords. And then it will tell them then the enrollment process is complete. And now they're done with this workflow. So the DEP workflow is a little bit different. So I wanted to show that as well. Um, I had to record this with my phone because if you do screen recording through this process, you're not gonna see the pop-ups. Weird thing about that. But um, so same thing as before, it asks them to continue, then it goes on to show them the instructions of what they need to do. And then the thing that's happening in the upper right is it's popping up the device enrollment window. Once they click on that, they have to click allow, and then they enter their password in order to enroll this. It's still waiting in the back end to see if they've installed it. And then once they have installed that MDM profile, it closes system preferences for them. So now they can go back to the migration window. It's also waiting to make sure. And then um, I'll stop this for a second. So I just didn't show the other steps, but it'll also go through the Jamf Connect and the reissue file vault recovery key workflow. Uh, the last one I'm going to show here is the manual Jamf enrollment. So let's say someone just goes to a web browser and enrolls their computer. Uh, we want to make sure that it goes through the later steps, but not the earlier steps where it does the MDM migration. So I'm not showing the actual enrollment, just the steps that happen afterwards. User goes ahead and clicks continue, and you see it skips all those MDM migration steps and goes straight to reissuing the file vault recovery key. In this scenario, it wasn't even file vault encrypted, so it didn't even have them do that. It just went straight to um, logging into Jamf Connect to make sure their passwords were synced. So that's kind of what this workflow looks like in the front end.
Uh, there's a couple different scenarios I didn't really go through because there's a lot of different things that could happen during this process. But this kind of ensures that no matter what macOS version they're on, no matter how things are set up in the back end, whether they're enrolled in the old MDM or not, everything's going to work and it's going to be a very easy process for the users. Now, I don't necessarily have a script I can give you. It's not at that point yet. As you can probably imagine, this is a very complex script, over 100 or over probably 1,000 lines of bash scripting. Um, but I did want to give a teaser for what me and Chad are going to be presenting on for JNUC, which is going to have this workflow in place. And it's called the Jamf Toolkit. So the Jamf Toolkit is going to be a repository of a lot of amazing workflows that we've put together um, and our engineers have put together here. And it's gonna have this MDM migration workflow listed here. So these will be a bunch of different scripts and tools that you can download and implement with great user instructions and updated to the latest macOS versions. So um, join us at San Diego, either in person or virtually for that presentation. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, you're going to see some really cool stuff. And with that, thank you for watching. In the wise words of Eric Pye, if you liked what we were doing, please send us a like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Thank you. Of all of the masterful quotes I've given you over the years, this is the one that you finally quote me on? Yep. Oh. I'd like to be involved in this conversation next time. <laughs> Maybe I'll it's give nice you access to, to the keynote. And you can add a. <laughs> it's nice to see you finally get credit for saying it, though. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now, now you have actual proof that he's been listening. Yep, that's also, yeah, we'll take that, Chad. Oh, but yeah, as Chris said, to quote the great Eric Pye, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you guys found this helpful. Chris, when do you think we'll have this video up on the channel? Probably end of the day or early next week? I think we can probably get it up by end of the day. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Are you, if you go to YouTube and just type in Rocketman Tech, if you want to go there the old-fashioned way, that's the easiest way to find us, um, unless we can throw the link in the chat here quickly. I'm, I'm sure we can. It seems see. like we have the technology to copy and paste a link. Uh, while Eric's doing that, though, I'd like to open this up if have, anyone has any questions. Um, I was not keeping up with the chat, so if you have a question from earlier on in the chat, just go ahead and, and throw it in there again. Um, or feel free to talk, too, if you want to shout out a question. Hey, bud. Hey. How, how are you, Chris? Doing great. How are you doing, Amy? Good. Uh, Chris and I went to middle school together, so it's important to throw that out, that I'm speaking to him as a 12-year-old, because that is how we know each other. <laughs> no, I, this is um, wildly helpful, coming from a JAMP customer success background and just understanding the pain points of migration. Um, Y'all are really doing some important work. So I guess, without naming names, I would be super interested in a more like storytelling narrative example of how this technology has come into uh, one of your customers' environments and really um, kind of solved all those problems, right? Like 
maybe one of your stickier scenarios that you could speak to um, mm -hmm. would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually going through a couple of those migrations right now. Um, and yeah, even with this, this workflow, it can, it, it, I mean, it's just a lot of work regardless on the, on the back end to get everything working and to kind of communicate what needs to happen. Um, we did a Jamf now to a Jamf Pro migration, which um, we were definitely able to help a lot. The, the, the difficulties with Jamf now to Jamf Pro is we don't have the ability to remove the MDM profile by an API command. Uh, so we weren't able to have those like really nice PPBC profiles in place while we were going through it. We had to remove them beforehand. Um, but we were able to do most of the computers through the DEP workflow, so it actually worked out pretty well. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm like trying to think of how to tell the story better than like they were struggling doing it themselves for months, maybe even sometimes years. And then we came in and we were able to do it in a matter of weeks. That's basically how the story goes. No, I'm even not that very is good at super helpful. Well, the, the, value here is, <laughs> right, the, the value here is, is just um, like dozens, maybe hundreds of hours that not putting their hands on Macs, right? Like this is automation um, and it's really good automation, right? Um, it, Jamf makes like a really beautiful, robust, extensible product. Um, that if you're buying Macs and you want to put them into Jamf, uh, Jamf knows all the ways to do that. Um, but I don't, I don't know that it's it's necessarily Jamf's job to think about the ways to get from one MDM into Jamf. Um, and so that's that's what Chris has done here in a really impressive way that uh, that answers the questions that organizations haven't even been asking about how they can save time for their IT department. What a team, this Rocket Man team. Beautifully put, Zach, truly. And that is, uh, yeah, fascinating from a Jamf perspective to consider this idea of like, are we responsible as Jamf to provide these workflows or are you solving a problem that we aren't actually supposed to solve? So um, that's super cool. Thank you for that uh, context. Wow. Thank you everyone for all the uh, super nice words as we're getting a little bit bashful here and starting to blush. I think this is a great time uh, for us to kick it over to, we have Tom Bridge on the call from the Mac Admins Foundation that I think most people are probably familiar with, um, at least the foundation itself. So Chris, if you wouldn't mind to stop sharing your screen. And then Tom, do you have any, you, do you have anything to share? Do you need any speaker permissions or? I was going to say no slideware because we've all, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Christopher's awesome pre presentation there because um, the kinds of stories that Mac admins have to tell all the time are what is MDM for? How do we work on those kind of things? If you know what an MDM is, you know how important the story he just told us is for uh, organizations large and small. And uh, I'm here today on behalf of the MacAdmins uh, Foundation. I am the co the founding co-chair of the MacAdmins Foundation, which is really just a fancy guy, a fancy uh, title for a guy who was in the wrong place at the right time. Um, so for those who are not aware of our existence, you may be well aware of the MacAdmins Slack. Um, starting about eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, uh, some people got together and said, you know, what would be really rad is if I had the 
a collected wisdom of every person who's ever managed Max at any scales, large and small, um, in one place that I could easily ask questions, learn things, exp- uh, you know, learn about programming, learn about scripting, learn about MDMs, learn about Swift, um, any of those things. And so the Mac had been Slack was born. Um, starting about a year ago, we started to get a little bit afraid because uh, I, we had been uh, kind of uh, we we kind of been backdoored into a free account that was uh, highly privileged, uh, and we'd held on to that privilege for quite some time. We figured at just about any time the nice folks at Salesforce could knock on our door and say, "You know, we would really like it if you guys paid us money for that." And so we wanted to be able to come back to them and say, okay, here's some money. Um, And to essentially avoid the possibility of losing the eight years of history that are contained within the Slack backlog uh, of the Mac Advance Foundation. So if anybody is... Uh, you know, if anybody has not already joined the Mac Admin Slack, come join 50,000 other Mac Admins um, on the Mac Admin Slack. And then do some brief math and assume that 10% are active at any given time. And then multiply that number times $6.67 a month times 12 months in a year. And you have what we were afraid we were going to have to raise, which is approximately two Ferraris um, for one year of Slack service. And so we said, well, gosh, there's got to be a better way. We got to be able to figure out how we get, uh, you know, to Slack for a more reasonable price. And it turns out the best way to do that is to become a 501c3 nonprofit. And so the uh, ragtag band of uh, interested parties got together and, uh, you know, started to form a nonprofit. We had never done that before. Uh, and uh, anybody who's never founded a nonprofit, um, do it once, but only once. It's an experience I recommend to folks. Um, you learn a lot about governance. You learn a lot about you know the different kind of places in the in the world that you might want to incorporate, as well as how difficult it is to incorporate in those places. Um, we got to do a lot of visioneering. We got to do a lot of storytelling around the kind of work that's necessary or, um, you know, uh, to establish a community in a more formal way than we had already been established. And so we started a 501c3. We did a lot of paperwork. Um, If you've ever dealt with a government form system, I've never dealt with one quite so bad as the 501c3 uh, application form uh, at the IRS, which was uh, a unique and terrible experience that, that, again, everyone should experience just once. But as part of that process, we started to reach out to the community and be like, hey, you know, uh, I would really love it if, um, you know, if if there were people that could help us pay for Slack on a more appropriate uh, scale of price that was not involving any Ferraris. Um, and so we got together, we got to, we, we started reaching out to, uh, organizations large and small, um, on, Hey, can you support the foundation? And so uh, we have some very excellent, uh, you know, uh, top tier sponsors, major sponsors from our friends at Jamf, JumpCloud, Kanji, Collide, uh, Meta of all people, which is fantastic. Their IT department is backing us, which is amazing, right? Um, and then, you know, also, uh, you know, we, we also have a relationship with our friends at Apple. Um, and so as in addition, We've also been reaching out to practitioners out in the community who have said, hey, 
I want to put my hands up. I don't have the kind of money that the larger organizations do, but what I've got is a little bit of money and a lot of moxie and a lot of dedication to the community as a whole. Companies a lot like Rocket Man. And so we're really excited to welcome them to our sponsor group uh, here at the Mac Admins Foundation. Thank you so much, Eric and Christopher, uh, for making that happen because it's a huge benefit to this community uh, to gather all of that knowledge and to make it freely available to the community at large all the time. No matter what goes on, we're going to make this free as long as we possibly can. And so we're working with organizations large and large and small, not just to pay for Slack because that's that's a good start. Um, it's an incredible resource for the community, but it's not the only thing we want to do. We recognize that there are uh, conferences out there that folks might want to go to. Conferences like Macaduck in London or Brighton, conferences like Xworld in Sydney, Australia, uh, conferences like Penn State Macadmin uh, in uh, beautiful State College. Have you been to the Creamery? Try the ice cream. It's amazing. Um, and all of those things are things that we want to make available to every kind of Mac admin. Whether you have been in the community for a long time, or especially if you are brand new to the profession. And so we're working to provide conference scholarships and training scholarships. We have a unique partnership with Apple uh, relating to their new sets of certification. Um, and we have figured out how we're going to get more than 300 people through that training program in the next year, um, which is awesome. Um, but we couldn't do it without people like you. Uh, we couldn't do it without awesome companies like Rocketman, um, and we're really thrilled that the foundation is here for the long term. Um, we've had an incredibly successful first six months. Um, if you have not yet, check out our sweet merch, uh, which is available at macadmins.org. Uh, if you have not seen it, my favorite t-shirt of all time, it, it says voiceover is a built-in screen reader for macOS. I mean, it's, it's a t-shirt that just says those things. If you've ever been around a Mac that's just been brand new out of the box. You know those exact words. You hear the T-shirt in the original voice of uh, of the operating system. So um, please uh, support the foundation. We deeply appreciate you and everybody. Um, come find us in the MacAdmin Slack. We have a channel, MacAdmin Foundation. Uh, and of course, I'm here to uh, take questions. Uh, say thank you from the bottom of my heart for Eric and Christopher, uh, and for all of the work that they do for the MacAdmin community, especially hosting an event like. Tom, we want to say thank you right, right back to you. We're, we're, again, getting bashful again. This has been quite quite a Mac admin presentation to get hyped up on. So, yeah, we, we appreciate the kind words. And, yeah, go, go help out the Mac Admins Foundation. They do so much for the community. Thank you all so much. We're, we couldn't do it without all of you. So um, thanks, everybody. Know that the foundation is always here for you. If you've got questions or concerns, please come ask. All right, Tom, thanks for sharing. Um, we do still have some time left, about 15 minutes. Um, you know, we, we've kind of had an action-packed meetup this month, which is great, uh, but we always want to build in a little bit of time for just free-form collaboration, questions, thoughts. If we want to dig more into any of Chris's presentation, please feel free. Or if you have some Mac admin-type questions completely out of left field, those are always welcome here as well. So we will turn it over to anybody that's got questions, comments, thoughts, concerns. Um, and I always welcome a, a rogue joke or two in there. Hey, yeah, this is uh, Perkins Dearborn. Um, I'm working on planning a uh, 
on-prem Jamf migration to the cloud. And uh, that's that's new for me. There's plenty of stuff out there for me to dig into. But if you guys have any comments and suggestions on making that go smoothly, um, I haven't had a chance to talk to to uh, to Jamf about this topic. But yeah. Uh, so what I will say is you definitely want to talk to Jamf about it because they have a lot of ability in the back end to make that process really smooth. At least last I heard, um, that's a product that they sell. So because they're able to take your um, the cloud hosted server and kind of change some DNS stuff on the back end to make that process pretty seamless. Because otherwise, if you were to go through someone like us, we'd be like, all right, we got to re-enroll everything or go through this MDM migration. And as great and slick as it is, it's a lot easier to just kind of do some backend things to change the server information. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been expecting. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that I need to have that deeper dive conversation with, with yeah. Jamf as to what's included in the services they they offer. Yep, this is like those those one that the one instance where as a service provider, I just send you to Jamf because they can do so much more in the back end with their cloud team than we'd be able to do as a service provider. Yep. Thanks for the question, Perkins. Um, one question I want to answer in the chat, and I don't know if it was answered by someone else. Um, but Bruce brought up a kind of cool point about having a test and a prod version and being able to take test workflows and put them into prod. Um, I don't have a solution for that yet, but me and Chad have been talking about doing kind of similar things with scripts and being able to update scripts. Um, so, I mean, that might be something that we invest in putting some resources in the future, because I think that would be really useful to be able to have kind of those two instances work together. I don't know if it still exists, but there used to be a product called Jamf Migrator, I think. And I don't think it was by Jamf, but I believe it did that. So it actually put it from like basically a test to prod type thing. Yeah, if you had two Jamf instances, it would it would keep them together. I'll look into it and I'll ping you later if I find it. Um, but yeah, I got to be interested in that. I got a question for you and maybe anybody else out here as companies constantly look for ways to save money. What do you guys think about the other MDM solutions? Um, we don't use them. Well, I, I, I know that, but I'm, I'm sure your clients come to you after a period of time and go, is this our only solution? Are there other solutions? And I'm sure since yeah. you don't support them, you can't really give that information. That's, that's kind of what we tell people. It's like, if you want a different solution, uh, we're not the team for you. We can send you to some other people that support some of those other solutions. Um, our, our goal is to have the best Apple servers and Apple environments possible. And we believe that that can really only happen through Jamf. So if someone wants some more cost-effective solution, it's like, yeah, hey, you're you can go through some of these other providers. So but, just, um, I don't know. Speak up to, anyone else. Some stuff. To, kind of, to kind of round out that answer, though, Chris, we, uh, we are, we're Apple only, obviously, and we are Jamf only. But at any opportunity we have to use a better solution than Jamf for something that it does, we, we can and we will take that opportunity. Um, we just happen to always find the, the different Jamf tools tend to be the best tool for whatever job we're looking at. You know, an example is you know, Jamf Connect versus Nomad, even though Nomad's now, I think, purchased through Jamf. Um, 
or Jamf purchase Nomad, it's still free. There are times that we recommend Nomad over Jamf Connect. So we, we, we will always recommend the best solution. But like Chris said, so far, that's just always been Jamf. Uh, but it is the most expensive solution typically. So you do bring up a good question. Yeah. Right, I'll... Oh, go ahead, Ian. So I was just going to share that we were pretty much told, not that we were forced to switch, just do a cost comparison and a future comparison between Jamf and Intune. And one of the really big ones that stuck out for us, the lacking ability of Intune was uh, it only supported shell scripts. You couldn't post, you didn't put Python in there or anything else. And on top of that, for their App Store solution, uh, the Microsoft rep directly told us that, honestly, we would just recommend you use something like Monkey and um, the manage the MSP managed software provider there. Uh, they had no official solution and had no word as to whether they would ever have a solution. So, yeah. So I'll say, so this is where I typically tell people maybe Jamf isn't for you. Um, and we only support Jamf, so we would typically give them to another provider. Um, but number one, I mean, we, we usually work with large enterprises. Um, so if you're a smaller company just starting out, at least Jamf now might be a good solution. But like Jamf Pro is probably not going to be what you want to start out with. It there is a bit of a learning curve to it, right? I don't know, like so you, that 50 device count we see is the most yeah. typical one in the sand. Um, there's also like, I mean, this is a newer product, but the Apple business essentials, you know, looking at the WWDC stuff, that seems like a really cool solution for small businesses that really have nothing set up and are kind of wanting to get into the iCloud um, ecosystem might be a cool solution. Um, so some of those smaller providers or easier things to use might be better than using something like Jam Pro if you're small. Uh, number two is if you're mostly a Windows shop and you don't have a ton of Macs and you don't need to do a ton with them, then and you're already using something like Intune, like Intune might be a good solution because you don't want to set up Jam Pro and do all this stuff to manage 10 Macs. Um, as long as those Macs don't need to do a ton because as Ian mentioned, there are a lot of limitations with Intune. We have set up Jam Pro for a lot of shops that had Intune and tried to manage them through Intune and just weren't able to do the things they needed to, the complex workflows that they do for their Windows devices. Um, so those, those are typically the situations where I say, hey, maybe Jamf isn't the right solution to you. Um, I honestly haven't spent enough time in things like Camgy or Simple MDM or some of those other stuff. Um, I know I have used AirWatch and like, not, not really a fan. I've seen more issues with, well, I shouldn't call it AirWatch, Workspace One. My main concern with, with something like Workspace One is I've seen time and time of them, again, them not keep up to date with Apple updates. And it's like, unless you're keeping your users from upgrading to the newer OS for one to two years, like you're, you're probably gonna run into some issues with how things are set up. Um, there's also just a lack of documentation for uh, what is a very complex platform. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's merits to all the different MDMs. We choose Jamf um, for for a number of reasons for our end. For what it's worth, uh, I I've, I've always been a, a Jamf house. I'm a 
big jam fanboy myself, but, um, you know, I want to do my due diligence as well. And so, you know, when my VP comes to me and says, Hey, why are we paying for the most expensive solution out there? I want to know here's exactly why we're paying for the most expensive solution out there. So I actually sat down with Kanji just the other day and had them just run me through their product. It seems like a really great product that's slick and everything. It's very on rails compared to Jamf. You're you're kind of inside a box, but mm-hmm. but it is really slick. And the other benefit to doing that once in a while is I can come back to my Jamf reps afterwards, go, you know, Jamf's awesome, but Kanji can do this. Can you guys maybe look at doing this? <laughs> like uh yeah. they had something that's similar to app installers, um, but theirs actually deliver. Uh, it looks like there's actually deliver all the config profiles and the PPPC stuff that you need when you do the app installers. Like, well, that's slick. So mentioned it right to my Jamf rep right off the bat. It's like, Hey, do that. But, uh, but it was a pretty cool little, um, uh, MDM. So. Yeah. And that's the exact same scenario, except for, uh, we did a preview of Mosul and yeah, there's a lot of stuff it can do. And I'm like, why can't Jamf do this? They make it so much easier, but then when you get down into the nuts and bolts, there's just a lot that Jamf lets you do that you can't do over there yet. That's the big yeah. thing for us too. It's like, it's, it's really nice. It's very on rails and it really prevents me from accidentally breaking my whole environment. Jamf lets me break stuff real easy if I want to. Um, mm-hmm. But I also like the fact that I can do anything in Jamf and you're, if you're doing kanji, you're doing it their way, but yeah. it, it's, it's a nice way, but it's their way. So. It's a really elegant way to put it. Thank you for that. As a sales guy, I'm taking that and putting it in my back pocket. Yeah, this is Perkins again. So I've had this conversation about Intune and AirWatch quite a bit with various customers that I support. And it really comes down, especially with Intune, is I see it not as simple management or more simplistic management. And it would fit into a, a, a BYOD model quite well, where you're really not managing very much for the endpoint. You're really focused on um, security compliance, uh, conditional access, and data loss prevention only, and not really trying to enhance or extend the user experience. So then I would you know con- counter that with what we do with Jamf, which is a more robust and intimate management of and curated experience of the of the Mac experience that the user has, and we can just yeah do a lot with Jamf to to make that user experience seamless or or smooth or invisible, uh, where you're not going to be able to do that with with some of the other competitors, and so that's that's where that conversation will be usually ends up is their requirements, they, the customer's requirements drive them towards uh, a more intimate, robust solution that we'd have with Champ. So. I bumped a question that I saw in the chat uh, to any of our engineers. Um, Chris, so, uh, wondering about the Jamf now to Jamf Pro migration, what did you end up doing to remove the Jamf now MDM profile? Yes, that's a good question. So these were all non-removable MDM profiles. If they had been removable, we could have done it through the profiles command. However, since they were non-removable, we had to do them through Jamf now. So what we did is we deployed uh, the Jamf Pro quick add package. Once we were, we we let that run for like a week. Once we were pretty sure that it had run on most of the devices. Well, we were 
I guess we were able to make a group that had run on because they were in Jam Pro now. So then we we took that list and then we sent a mass command to all the Jamf Now clients to remove the MDM profile. And then we did that in several phases, like, hey, we've got another 30 devices to enroll in Jamf Pro. Let's remove them from Jamf Now. That did remove all the configuration profiles and all that stuff. In this case, they didn't have too many things that were causing those issues that I said before. Um, that scenario was most a worst case scenario. Uh, and then we were able to run the migration workflow that I showed you. Um, where and they were all in DEP, so they pretty much all went through the DEP process. So we ran that command profiles renew dash type enrollment, which brings up the little window where they click on, and then they enroll their their computer into Jam Pro that way. Uh, so that's how we did that migration. A little bit. This one took to took a little bit longer because of that because we had to do it in phases. So. I think that whole process took about three to four weeks. And then there were a bunch of computers that were had the MDM, the Jamf Now MDM profile, but were inactive for one reason or another. So we did have to go through and have those users remove those profiles manually, which if you remember what I said, you had to boot into safe mode and remove the move SIP, go back and remove the profile, move back into safe mode. Yeah. So that was not fun, but um for about 80% of those, it went very slick. But it just, we had to do it over a longer time frame because you have to do things in phases when you can't programmatically remove the MDM profile. All right, it is about that time. I think we probably have a couple minutes if anybody has a burning question. I know Chris and I do have a meeting here in about 30 minutes or so. Um, yeah, I just made to, wanted to make a comment that uh, having that video, when you're going to be removing the profile and the user has to do the enrollment and having that um, short video ahead of time so they go, this is what you're gonna see, this is what you're going to do, is, is really critical. Um, uh, because having something visual like that, as opposed to a written instruction, yeah. is is really critical to getting over that hump. I mean, you're not going to be able to get 100% of users. <laughs> I guess that's, you know, um, blue sky scenario. But yeah. typically, you can get, you know, from the 50% up to 80-90% because people can see visually what you're asking them to do. So yeah. that's, that's really huge. One of the things I really try to do is not have too much external sets of instructions. Ideally, I don't have any external instructions and instead I have all the instructions within the workflow. And that's why I like Def Notify because can, I can really leverage one script to start showing those different workflows. And then there's a lot of while loops just waiting for them to do the process. So if they, um, they go ahead and, you know, hey, we've, We've given you all the things you need. Here's a video. Go ahead and do these three steps. Then we wait for them to do it. And then we move on to the next step. And then it shows the next video or the next, next set of instructions. All right. Well, I'll take this opportunity just to say thank you to everyone that joined this 
meetup. Chris, I thought you did an amazing presentation. So thank you for that. We'll be posting that on our YouTube channel, rocketman.tech on YouTube. Um, and then hopefully we see you guys all back next first Friday of the month. Let me just take a look and see what day that is. It looks like the, uh, the 9th, September Ooh. 9th. So maybe not that one. Oh, yeah, like, uh, or no, the second. Second, uh, that'd be better. Beautiful. Oh, uh, it's Labor Day? Yeah. Labor oh, Day weekend. Boy. We'll do it at some point. Everybody stay tuned. We'll do it on one of the Fridays <laughs> in September. Um, and we will get those invites out earlier. And we, we always post on the uh, Jamf Nation under the user groups page. Uh, that's usually the first place that we post the new meetup and then our uh, Launchpad Slack channel. So we will look forward to seeing you guys all next month. Thank you all for coming. And feel free to reach out to us at any time if anybody ever has anything. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We have new episodes on the first Friday of every month. If you'd like to join our session live, visit the link in the description to get on our mailing list. And if you're looking to get the most out of your Jamf server, visit rocketman.tech to set up a meeting with one of our Jamf experts. That's rocketman.tech. Thank you.